Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sydney Chandler Renee, and today I have a special, special guest with me, Miss Maisha Kabir. Hello, welcome to the show. Hi, Sydney. I'm so happy and excited to be here to connect with everyone today. Course, I'm really happy to have you on. You guys, she's also part of, she's the president of the Diversity Org. And if you guys remember Joshua Pierce, I think I had him on like a month or two ago uh, talking about what diverse what diversity org is and what it's about. And I really think it is a beautiful organization and you know how they're giving underserved and underrepresented communities opportunities to connect with, you know, Fortune 500 companies such as like Versace, Warner Media, CNN, Cartoon Network, and things like that. I really think that they're doing something special in their communities and, you know, really giving people the opportunity to, you know, grow. So why don't you, how do we get into that? Firstly, I want to talk about your story because I think it's amazing. I was going to go straight into the diversity org, but I think we should talk about the base of Maisha first. So you came here from Bangladesh like six or so years ago. And so you were experiencing, you know, a huge contrast between the uh, respect of between men and women, you know, between America as you lived in Canada and um, Bangladesh. So why don't we get into that story? Absolutely. And yeah, um, Joshua, our CEO, like you mentioned, he was at your show earlier and he had such a great time speaking with everyone. So I'm very happy again to be here. Um, But yeah, I, thanks for that question. So like you mentioned, I grew up in a very conservative city and community, Bangladesh, which for anyone who doesn't know, it's a really small country in Asia. So as a young woman, I really experienced, I would say, a lot of restrictions and limitations, both personally and professionally, just growing up there. Um, In my school, for instance, I, I did, you know, all of preschool up until high school in same school, same city. Um, It was a Christian missionary school. So when I was at school, um, we had to do Bible studies. So I was, you know, I had a good understanding of that. And then at home, um, I'm Muslim, my entire family is Muslim. Um, So I had to read the Quran when I was at home. So at, you know, a very young age, kind of focusing on one religion at school, and then another at home, I, you know, growing up felt very conflicted. There were a lot of personal restrictions, I would say, that was tied to it. And then also professionally, um, it was kind of different for me because I never just, you know, being in Bangladesh, I never really saw or read any, read about anyone um, that looked like me, a woman of color or a woman from Bangladesh, you know, in leadership at the highest level, which is something that I always wanted, um, but I never really, you know, saw. But the great thing was that my family was very supportive Um, which was, you know, I feel very grateful for, but I noticed my glass ceiling very early on. But I was also, you know, among the most ambitious and enthusiastic people in my family and friend circle. Um, So I always wanted to kind of, you know, do something really big um, with, you know, my career professionally. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, growing up, just watching all the movies, I always used to see that U.S. was the United States was romanticized as this place you know where all your dreams come true yeah Um, and you know as as a teenager that was very attractive attractive to me so I kind of knew you know very early on um, being an international that the only way that I was going to get to the U.S. was to my education um, which is you know where all of this started where I was like okay if I want to come here um, let me just apply to all the schools that 
you know, I possibly can. So I did that um, at 18. I traveled to the U.S. by myself, no family or friends. And I started my schooling at NYU, graduated from there, um, completed my master's at Columbia. But but also alongside that, you know, I was helping run this organization at the highest level nationally. Um, And then also we're now in Canada, UK and India for everyone who heard about what we're doing and you know to your point about you know breaking breaking these barriers or where this even takes me today is um i'm really in here you know increasing the representation of women and women of color in leadership to the work that i'm doing and you know this i know will allow other young women to see in me something that i didn't see when i was in high school um so that's something that i take a lot of pride in and Mm -hmm. i really value you know, where I came from, because that allowed me to be here today. Yeah, I definitely think that is something to be valued. And I think that your story is really powerful in that way about how you saw, you know, these new opportunities in, in America that maybe Bangladesh didn't have and that how you wanted to get here through education and really use that for something good. And, you know, I really think what you studied and, you know, um, excuse me, <laughs> in your degree in gender and sexuality studies, I think that is something that I think is really interesting. So why don't we get into that? And then like right after, I want you to go into how you got involved with the diversity org. Joshua kind of told me a story about how he was like in a meeting and then how this whole thing blew up and now he's able to give all these kids these opportunities. So I'm curious to know like how this process happened about, you know, being in your gender and sexuality studies and going into the, the excuse me, the diversity org. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, at the time, um, I remember when I started my undergrad at NYU, my parents and all my family, they kind of didn't understand why I was doing gender and sexuality studies. I kind of came from a household where um, it, it was very much Um, you know, the typical South Asian household that you have to study medicine or like, you know, be an engineer or a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And I thought that too, but I was also just thinking to myself, I don't know why I'm, you know, very attracted to this particular topic. Um, And then I ended up switching it. And I realized that I went to NYU, you know, studying something completely different. I was doing journalism, but I found myself always taking classes in gender and sexuality studies. And I realized that it it was because through those classes, I was learning about, you know, women who were making strides and who were doing so much in the world. And that was something that I hadn't seen around me in, you know, in Bangladesh growing up. And that was just so appealing to me. And I think was a major reason that I, why I wanted to just, you know, learn more about uh, how these women did these things, because my thing was, I want to do the same and I want to do more. So I did that, but how I came across the diversity org is my, I believe my junior year, I met Joshua, who is the CEO of the diversity org, Mm -hmm. and he um, approached me and we were talking about um, doing, because we, we host a lot of these assemblies, right? So these are the assemblies where we first meet the students that we connect with, um, where we, you know, welcome students to our community and um, have them be a part of our program. So initially what the conversation was, um, was to have me be a public speaker for the diversity org. I had zero public speaking skills. I was very <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? There's no way I can do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And then we kind of had this really great conversation where, you know, Joshua asked me about 
um, how I came to the US, everything that you know I had done and why I was doing XYZ. And upon sharing that, he basically just told me that, why don't you get on stage and share this story? That's all you have to do. Just you know, talk about everything that you've done. And I did not understand at the time why anyone would want to listen to that. But um, I did my first assembly at the school in Jersey and there were hundreds of students. I was so scared. But, you know, the, the how rewarding it was immediately when I had, you know, young girls come up to me and tell me how they don't, they have assemblies or they have all these events, but never, they never see um, girls who look like them on stage. Because I, I was on stage with, you know, a bunch of other um really talented men, but these girls came up to me and they were sharing, you know, their stories of um, everything that they wanted to do and how would they go about doing it X, Y, Z. And that was just really, really, you know, rewarding for me, just being able to connect with people just through my own story. And that got me really interested in the organization. Um, and I wanted to just keep learning more. I got more involved. Um, I learned everything that I could possibly learn about running a business at the highest level. Um, I, you know, really got mentored by Joshua as well. I asked him to teach me everything he knows because he had been doing this for a while um, and, you know, kept doing more and more. And now here I am, the president of a department, um, mm -hmm. my own team, leading the team. And I, I feel like I'm in this position because I allowed myself to, you know, consume as much as possible. Um, and it was all through practice, which is why also, um, you know, I decided to go to Columbia for the very subject because I wanted a theoretical understanding of it as well, um, apart from the practice that I was getting in field. Definitely. I think that is something that a lot of public speakers experience as well. And, you know, I was, I would be the last person to want to have my own, my own international podcast. If you asked me when I was like 12 and, you know, it was like speaking in front of like thousands of people to listen. No, <laughs> like why on earth would I want to do that? And, you know, but like you said, once you hear about the, re how rewarding it feels afterward, you know, how people were impacted by your story and like why they were changing because of you, it's like really eye-opening. It's kind of like, this is how much power a voice can hold. And this is how I want to use it for good. And, you know, I really am proud that you were able to find that, you know, really be more comfortable with public speaking because obviously you're a natural at it now. Look at us <laughs> holding this beautiful conversation. But, you know, like, yeah. I think that is really powerful that you were able to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, we always joke about this, how high school students are the toughest crowd. They will, they just need a reason to, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, I think a, a weird thing about my generation is that everyone finds things like embarrassing they're like oh no don't go over there by yourself it's embarrassing I'm like why <laughs> like what is embarrassing about that no one is gonna remember that one time I got up by myself during lunch to go to the bathroom what <laughs> and you know so I think everyone just wants to do everything like in a group which isn't terrible but you know I think that when we try to find our own personalities and just like figure out why we want to do things it's not because it's a trend we want to do it because we want to exactly yeah and something that I'm really inspired about is you know the way that the diversity org has brought people up from underserved communities to, you know, being these well, highly acclaimed people. So what do you think is something that keeps us from holding back our full potential? Like, what do you see in, you know, the students that you encounter and how are you, you know, changing them to, you know, become upstanding people? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't say in, I wouldn't say anything in particular that is holding students back 
in you know reaching their full potential because i genuinely feel like students are only responding to what they're exposed to especially given the current times so i think the better question is like what can we do to help students reach their um their full potential because i think especially again in the time that we're in with students you know being in the pandemic i know for myself having done classes virtually in my master's program I did not enjoy that. So I can only imagine mm -hmm. as a high school student, um, it's so difficult and it's something that you know students are not even aware of. Um, so again, coming back to that question of what can we do to help students reach their full potential, I think it's important to firstly make students more aware of their options. Because I know in high school, it's very much, you know, what you learn in the classroom is all yeah. that sometimes leave with but you know we need to go to college and be in our careers to learn about all these different things that now we wish we were taught earlier and you know something that um something that you know we, we push for is that within our organization is that it's not always about what you know but who you know because mm -hmm. um, that's the reality you know and it's so important I feel to make students more aware of that because again what students learn in the classroom is great but also we should assist them in building their relationship, building skills, teach them how to expand their networks. Um, only then they can really, really reach their full potential. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that, you know, and I've had a lot of conversations recently about it's called E&E. &E experience and exposure, you know, we can only talk about, you know, what we know and what we have experienced. And, you know, I've had other conversations where like, someone would be like, well, what does she say when you're with them? Like, is she more open? And we're like, well, she talks about what she knows and she talks about things that she's comfortable with. So I think when we like expand and like broaden those horizons to like, especially people my age and what we know and you like the books we read or like the movies we watch and you know the conversations we have in the classroom I really think opens up doors for us to have these great conversations and be able to hold ourselves and you know have these different experiences and how we can train ourselves to you know become young adults that have experienced a lot of things and that was a mouthful but <laughs> I think that that is definitely something that Diversity Org is doing well in like trying to expose us into being you know people that know what's going on. Exactly. Definitely. But thank you so much, Maisha, for joining me thus far. And thank you to my listeners for joining this, me thus far. This is a beautiful conversation, just talking about her story and how she got involved with Diversity Org, which I think is truly beautiful. But we will be right back after this break. Hey, what's up, fellas? If you're looking for healthy, thought-provoking conversations on a variety of topics dealing with life issues, be a transparent, open dialogue for men who need a dose of honest, engaging, and heartfelt discussions. Tune in to Inside the Armor, airing Mondays at 8 a.m. Hosted by Joe, Russ, and yours truly, Boom. We would love to have you vibe with us as we talk about our trials and our triumphs, our messes and our successes. Join us for Inside the Armor, Mondays at 8 a.m. Iron Sharpening Iron one podcast at a time. Hey, 
Grace, this is Sydney Chandler-Lanet, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Welcome back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Masha Kavir, and we're just talking about her story about how she came here from Bangladesh, how she got involved with Diversity Org, and why we, she thinks that we can push ourselves further um, being teenagers in our full potential and how the Diversity Org is moving towards that. So let's move on. So I, as I was talking earlier, I think there's like a lot of peer pressure that kind of resonates around my generation. It's kind of like, oh, I don't want to do that because I don't want them to look at me funny or like I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to end up on someone's Snapchat story or something like that. So I want to know, how do you um, listen to your own voice and decide like how you want to live on your own terms and not by those around you? Yeah, absolutely. I think I something that, you know, I try to always think about is thinking of the big picture. And something that, you know, I always try to remind myself is not just, you know, think of the big, big picture, draw the big picture, hang it on your wall if you have to. And I always try to remind myself that discipline beats motivation any day. If, you know, you're not feeling your best, if you're not feeling motivated, that's completely okay. I think what's really important is to show up because despite what happens, make showing up your best habit. Because when you move and think like that, even on days, you know, when you're not feeling motivated as a force of habit, you'll still show up and do your thing. And I can promise you that when you do that, you're already doing better than most. Definitely. That is definitely something that I have like heard recently I was just talking about with a friend how I saw something and it was like if you're not going to show up for anyone else show up for yourself and that is definitely something that I like ran through my head today I'm like because like my schedule is really weird at schools there we have like normal like 70 minute classes and then like we have these 85 minute classes on other days and I'm like I'm going to get through this biology class it's going to be fine you know just show up for yourself you know and I think that is something that really like pushed me to you know get through that class and I think it's a mindset and mentality that I think a lot of people should hone in on and you know just really realizing you know how that discipline is going going to surpass your motivation and I'm going to write that quote down and you know look at that the everyday and be like no matter how tired I am I will get this done within reason of course we don't want to over overrun ourselves but leading on still leading on that, you know, mental health talk, you know, what are, do you have any like self-care prompts that, you know, you use to help keep you in the positive zone? Cause I know for me, there's like things like I have all this stuff to do in such little time. What do I do with it? I get my, you know, overworked. So why do you think it's important to have these, you know, self-care prompts and like, what do you do to, you know, stay in that positive zone? Absolutely. I think you know, first of all, I will, I will say that self-care looks very different for everyone. You know, it might for someone, you know, we see all of these quotes on social media where we're like, do a mask, like go get a massage. But that's not mm-hmm. what, you know, all self-care is. Some days for me, I can just, I just want to be by myself, do nothing. And, you know, just watch some TV or like, cook myself a meal that can that can be self-care for me but there is something that you know I do that 
it's kind of odd, but I don't know how I started doing this. Um, so I have my voice memos app on my phone. So what I do is like on days when I have, you know, when I, where I feel very defeated, where I feel like I didn't do good today, I didn't do what I wanted to do, I kind of failed. I record myself going off and this is just like a three, four minute recording and this is, you know, no filter. I just go off about how bad I'm feeling today while I'm feeling, why I'm feeling this way. And then similarly, when I have really great days where I feel very proud of myself, but the day is going too fast, I literally sit down, take a moment to record myself and just talk about how great I did today and why, you know, why I did. And I say out the date out loud. And the reason that I, you know, I started recording these things, I don't even know why it's almost like a verbal journal, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I started doing is at a later time when I have, you know, another bad day where, you know, I, I did this recording, let's say a month ago, I will listen to the recording I had previously, maybe like two months ago, I did something and I listened to myself and it's almost like a reminder that, hey, I felt so bad that day but I survived that I'm here today and I've been thriving since. So what am I so mad about? You know, there's, yeah. there's no, you know, I've thrived many a time since, and that kind of makes today's problem a little smaller and puts me in a very positive mindset. So it's, it's just like this weird little thing that I do, but it kind of works for me. And that's yeah. you know, what my self-care looks like. Yeah. That is actually insane. Cause I do the same thing. I don't do it as often as maybe you would, but I, there are times where I'm just like, I just need to let it out. I don't have anyone to talk to you. I don't feel like writing it down. I'm just going to talk. And I do have like a couple, like a handful of them on my voice memos of just me like talking. And I do have like the positive ones too, where it's going to be like, everything's going to be fine. We're going to get through this and it'll be okay. And I do go back and listen to those and be like, look at me now. You know, <laughs> it is such like an eye opener to see like, you know, things that are just bigger than you. And like that whole big picture thing of like, will this matter in five years? Will this matter next week? You know? And mm -hmm. so making things like maybe like a little bit smaller than, we, than they are. So we don't overbear ourselves, you know, stretch ourselves out with like, you know, the minor inconveniences that we experience every day. So I really think that is some good advice about how, um, you know, self-care works in that, it's not always a massage. It's not always go out and get ice cream. Sometimes it's sitting alone. Sometimes it's reading a book, you know, different things like that. Absolutely. No, I think it's, it's great to, um, you know, hear someone else say that it's going to be fine. You're doing well, but sometimes it's just your own voice that you want to listen to and, you know, that you trust the most and it's, that's fine. And that can be very helpful too. Yeah. I would also, I'm kind of curious on what advice would you give to your younger self? I remember talking, looking back on when we talked about how you had to do a public speaking engagement with Joshua and how you were like, what on earth, what the heck? So, you know, what advice would you give to your younger self, maybe in that instance or like any other time in your life? Yeah, so this is something that, you know, I've learned time and time again, I feel, especially in the past three or four years which is, I would tell my younger self, don't chase the cause, chase the people behind the cause. And what I mean by that is relationships are everything. It is so important to be intentional about, you know, who you meet and how you make them feel. And it's so important to also help people when they ask and also help people when they don't ask. Because that ultimately, you know, is what will keep you okay and it will take you places and most yeah. importantly you know when you get a seat at the table 
make sure you save a seat or two for your people. But that's, that's, I'll end with that. That's what I would really, really, you know, tell my younger self that try to really, you know, take some time and be more intentional with the people that you meet instead of you know, the cause or the thing that you're going after, because that's what makes it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy that you say that. I went to a convention last week and they were kind of like speaking on the same thing about, you know, how you approach things, like how you talk to other people and like why you're doing things and for like a certain cause. And, you know, not necessarily just that, but the people that behind it, they gave an instance where one of the girls, she was in college and she had opened the door for one of the professors that she went to that day. And, you know, she was like, hello, how are you doing? He was like, I'm doing much better now. And then they had like a short conversation. He was like, what's your name? And he gave it to her. And he was like, I'm going to pay, you know, for the rest of your college, like the rest of your college experience. And I was, it's just like one of those instances where it's just kind of like, because she was nice and because she was kind and was just doing something as simple as holding the door for someone else, she was given the opportunity to have her whole entire like college experience paid for. And so I think that is something not that that's going to happen to everyone, but you know that I think that's something that we can all learn from about like how we represent ourselves and how we want to be intentional with others really plays into, you know, what we can get out of that. 100%. Yeah. But before I let you go, I like to do a fun segment called rapid fire questions. So it's going to go really fast because I like to go in tangents. So I'm going to try and hold myself, (laughs) but let's begin. So if you were to have any superpower, what would it be and why? Ooh, I would want to have the superpower to read books at a lightning speed because I think that would allow me to become very knowledgeable at a very fast pace. I agree. The only the only thing I wouldn't want about that is because like there are some books where I just like I like the slow burn and it's kind of like, ah, you know. But I think on like informational text, like if I want to learn how to build a car and I, I just had to read a book about it, that would happen fast. <laughs> That's true. Um, are you more of a morning person or a night owl? Currently, I'm a very morning person because my job requires it. Requires <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. Mm, do you prefer the book or the movie? Always the book, never the movie. Or maybe the book and then the movie. Okay. Yeah, in that. I feel like I feel like the movie just like it leaves a couple of details out. I'm just like, well, what happened to that one part? You know. Right, but yeah. almost easier sometimes, but you don't always have the time to read. So movies are, they're a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one more. I lost my train of thought. I had a good one. Oh goodness. Hold on. What is something that you cannot live without? That's a really good one. What is something I cannot live without? I was almost going to say my mask because of the time. That was- <laughs> <laughs> As you said, that was like, that's something I cannot live the house without. Um, I don't want to say, I'm going to be cliched and say my father. He's mm-hmm. just really, he's my best friend and I love him to death and I cannot live without him. Oh, that's really <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I, think, I think the parents are very, um, 
consistent figure whenever I ask that kind of question. So I'm really glad that he's able to be that person for you. But thank you so much, Maisha, for joining me. This was a beautiful conversation. I feel like I learned about a lot about you and the diversity org and what you guys have going on. Um, before you go, why don't you share with us how my listeners can reach and follow you? Absolutely. So you can find our organization if you're interested in learning more about what we're doing at www.thediversity.org. And there you will learn everything about what our organization is doing. Um, If you want, if you're interested in following me personally, I'm on Instagram, very active. And my handle is Maisha Kabirs with double R. So that's M-A-I-S-H-A-K-A-B-I-R-R. And if anyone's listening, please do send me a message. I would love to get connected and speak with you more. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you so much, Maisha, for joining me. This was a wonderful conversation again. And thank you to my listeners for joining me. And this is Perfect Timing. Mm -hmm.